Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen here, riding solo today. Matt Verderam is not here. He's on a dock somewhere, I, I hope, sipping on a yingling or whatever kind of uh, beer he can get out there in New York. He unfortunately can't get Casey beer, although I wouldn't be surprised if he stashed some in his suitcase. That is, if he had any left. Uh, what's up, everybody in the chat? What's up, Adam Collins? Matt, The Matt Verderam fan page is back. He says, hello, boys. I have returned, but he's probably going to bail when he finds out Verderam's not here. He's got to deal with me. The Nick Star, uh, how we doing, fellas? What's up, everybody? Uh, already 50 of you in here. Super excited to talk Chiefs football with you today. We've got big news in the Chiefs kingdom. A lot of things that we got to get to. Of course, the big news I know that you're all waiting to hear us talk about, and that, of course, is that D Ford got released by the 49ers. Just kidding. The Chiefs have signed former Cincinnati Bengal defensive end, former Seattle Seahawk defensive end, Carlos Dunlap. We're going to get into all of that. But first, as everybody's uh, getting into the chat here, um, I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. KC Beer Co., the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. Uh, they're the only brewery in Kansas City that focuses on German style beers. So check them out. They've been supporting our podcast for uh, many months now. They brew their beer according to the German purity laws of 1516 with just malt, hops, water, and yeast. It's delicious beer, and it's award-winning brewery, and they're friends of ours, and, and they make it possible for us to keep bringing you, hopefully, great Chiefs content week in, week out throughout the course of the offseason. And wait till we get to the season, man. We're going to be going three episodes a week. I'm excited. So do us a favor. Somebody that did this today. It's I can't tell you how much we appreciate when you guys do this. They reached out to um, at KC Beer Co on Twitter, tagged them, and uh, they were having a KC beer. And they said their wife was, uh, I think, getting a manicure, something like that. And they were putting down a couple of KC beers. This was at like noon. So I really um, just, uh, this is a very valid move by this listener. So appreciate their support. Dare to beer different. Drink responsibly. Of course, 21 and over. All right, let's get into some of the news. Uh, Jerome says, hey, Patrick, uh, go Carlos. Yeah, absolutely. Rich is here. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom. Adam Collins uh, says, uh, come to Denver already, Casey Bierko. Hey, I know that they're on it, man. You know, you start a new business. I think you've been around since 2016. Take some time to, to get into that distribution. But let, let's let's talk about some of the news. Uh, we're going to get to Carlos Dunlap in, in a little bit more detail in just a minute. Uh, but first, I did want to talk about the fact that um, – D Ford was released by the 49ers. I actually did want to touch on that really quickly. Um, our old friend D Ford, I know a lot of you are still mad at D Ford for jumping off sides in that AFC championship game. That was, uh, that was tough. That was tough for D. I'm sure he felt as bad about it as we all did. We have a great article actually up on Arrowhead Addict right now, written by one of our co-hosts on this podcast and the editor over there, Matt Connor. And I'm just lifting straight from that. It's just some really information. You know, how did... How did that work out? Because the pick that the Chiefs got for that trade turned into Willie Gay Jr. And how did D Ford do? And since he went to San Francisco, um, well, in 2018, and, and that was a. Now remember, his last season with the Chiefs was really good for him. He had had some injury issues before that, but in 2018, it was a contract year, as as, as they say, the contract year is undefeated. A few defenders uh, during Andy Reid's tenure. This is from Matt Connor. Uh, have put together the sort of season that Ford had in 2018 with 54 quarterback pressures. And I'm going to talk about quarterback pressures a little bit later when we talk about some of the other pass pressures on this team. With 54 quarterback pressures and 13 sacks, Ford was a one-man wrecking crew, and it seemed his back problems were behind him. That offseason, Veach flipped Ford for a second-round pick that would become Willie Gay Jr. Meanwhile, in the Bay Area, the 
the narrative that carried him through several years in Kansas City also plagued him on the field with the Niners. In three years with San Francisco, D. Ford would average six games, seven tackles, and three sacks per season. For those efforts, Ford pocketed nearly $42 million. Financially speaking, there's nothing frustrating about those totals, but recalling Ford's clearly natural talents, again, that God-given burst, Ford could have been so much more. And I think that's true. I mean, everybody remembers D's incredible first step off the line that got him the the jump on, uh, quite literally, on a lot of um, on tackles. And it's it, it just... It sucks. It sucks that, you know, he had a, gr- a really great season in 2018. It sucks that the lasting memory is that is lining up offsides, not even jumping offsides, lining up offsides in such a crucial moment. And uh, yeah, and then the the injuries, which have derailed a lot of great players. And we often talk about on this podcast, could Jamal Charles make it to the Hall of Fame? And I think everybody agrees he's a Hall of Fame talent. Does he get in the Hall of Fame? He might not. And that reason might just be because of injuries. So Again, hey to everybody in the chat. We appreciate your support. You guys are the best listeners in the business. Uh, my guy, our PR manager, Clint, says, snazzy haircut, by the way, Patrick. I need I need one bad. Dude, I needed this haircut like in the worst way. It's not been uh, – there's been a lot of craziness happening over here at the Allen residence. If you've ever seen that movie, The Money Pit, that's what this house has turned into. I'm talking water heater. I'm talking new roof. I'm talking leaks. I'm talking basement leaks. Uh, if anybody knows a good insurance adjuster, hit me up. It's absolutely brutal. So I've been trying to keep a top of everything there. I don't have time to even mow the lawn, let alone go get a haircut. I got contractors coming in right at the end of this podcast to uh, dry me out. Um, uh, not from drinking Casey beer, of course, but my walls. Money pit. Yeah, yeah, money pit. It's, uh, isn't that Tom, it's Tom Hanks, right? It's been a long time. Matt Verderham fan page says cut looks clean. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, all right. So on to the other news item I just wanted to touch on. And I was on the radio on Tuesday with our, our co-host Sterling Holmes on 810 in Kansas City. And we talked a little bit about this. And this is the point that the Chiefs have the third best odds, apparently. Sterling told me this. I haven't looked this up myself. To win the AFC West right now. Some book somewhere. I just think that's absolutely outrageous. So I, you know, on the surface, I understand the urge to pick this year for the Chiefs to take a momentary step back, right? You you lose Tyreek Hill, you lose Tyron Matthew. That's a big deal. These are these are guys with huge name recognition. And while you know Matthew's on the back end of his contract and Hill is still in his prime, big names on both sides of the ball. And the rest of the AFC West, meanwhile, seems to have gotten stronger. Justin Herbert has got another year starting under his belt. The Broncos finally have a good quarterback and Russell Wilson. And the Raiders, who made the playoffs last year, and say what you want about Derek Carr, him being like a mid-tier, top mid-tier quarterback, they added Devontae Adams to an offense that was already pretty intriguing. So the West is projected to be the, the strongest and probably most competitive division in the NFL. So, I mean, I get it. It's not crazy to imagine a scenario in which the Chiefs end up in a tie with the Chargers or the Broncos at the end of the season. And then the West ends up getting determined by a tiebreaker. Those teams are good. And the Chiefs have to play them twice. But and, and, you know, yeah, I don't know that the Chiefs have a lot of unknowns this year. The receiving room, I think we're all excited about it, right? We're excited about the, the way the ball could get spread around. We're excited about all those things. But the receiving room is, has got a lot of new faces on it. And the same thing for the defense. But, you know, with all that being said, I think the Chiefs have a ton going for them. I think one of the reasons why you see some of those projections out there, aside from all the things that I just mentioned, is that the casual NFL pundit, they don't know as much about the team as people like us do, right? Die hard, arrowhead addicts. We love the Chiefs. We 
you know, hoover up any bit of information we can get on the team. They're not watching all the games from start to finish. They're watching red zone. They're watching highlights. They're reading the box score, those types of things. Nobody's sitting there watching every, all 17 games for every single team. They don't know about, you know, yeah, they know Creed Humphrey's good. And I Trey Smith, how many of them really talk a lot about Nick Bolton or Willie Gay Jr.? These are even Legarius Sneed, who's going into his third year. These are guys who are primed to really break out. And they were, and a lot of them were really good last year. Creed Humphrey was maybe the best center in football last year, but it takes, it can take time for players, especially offensive linemen and especially centers to permeate the consciousness of the rest of the NFL. Right. Um, and so Creed's probably going to start doing that. If these guys, a lot of these young guys on the team take a step forward, that is just, you know, once they do that, the sky's the limit for this team. Veterans are going out. Young guys are coming in, and if they are what we think they are, that's where teams kind of sustain success. That's going to be the trick for Kansas City in the Patrick Mahomes era. They can't pay everyone, can't pay Tyreek Hill. So they want to have Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith around longer. They want to keep Travis Kelsey. They've got to make these moves, and if they don't hit on the young guys, it's going to be hard to sustain that success. We've already seen the flashes, so I, I think – I think the Chiefs are going to keep right on rolling. And I think new stars are going to be developed because I think Brett Veach is a really good GM. Is he perfect? No. Has he missed on some picks? Yeah, everybody does. I mean, if you can hit on 50% of your picks, you're doing pretty well. Struggled a little bit on some of the defensive line picks. Hopefully Carl Loftus changes that. But I think the Chiefs keep right on rolling. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So is it preposterous that they're third? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say so. And my main reasoning is, one, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the division. All due respect to Russell Wilson, all due respect to Justin Herbert. It's not a contest. The best quarterback in the division is Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have the best coach in the division with Andy Reid. And all due respect to those other guys, it's not even close. So, you know, when I take the fact that this is a team that's been to four straight AFC championship games, they've won a Super Bowl, they've played in two Super Bowls. This is their division until further notice. It's great. It's fun to do the projections. It's fun to do the predictions. We're going to do some predictions later in the show. But the Kansas City Chiefs are the kings of the AFC West until further notice. Let me know in the chat if you agree with me, but I've seen a similar sentiment coming from you guys. Um, Clay McKenzie says, newer Chiefs fans probably don't remember the Frank Clark Segway nagging injuries that kept D, uh, D Ford off the field with infuriating frequency. Yeah, man. I mean, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Uh, all those D Ford injuries. Let's, let's move on and let's talk about Carlos Dunlap. So listen, this is some, this is a signing. Carlos Dunlap's been out there for a while. So if, uh, if you're not familiar, he's, he's Carlos Dunlap was, uh, was drafted in the second round in 2010 by the Cincinnati Bengals. He's 33 years old. He's, I think, a February birthday. So we don't have to worry about, you know, him turning 34 in, in, in the season. Uh, maybe he can get a nice little Super Bowl ring for his birthday present. Um, 6'6", 285. This is a long dude. This is a long dude, and he's got a long resume of sacks. Um, the deal is a one-year deal worth up to $8 million, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So 
The primer on this guy, he was traded to the Seahawks in 2020 for a from the Bengals for a seventh-round pick and center B.J. Finney. He was frustrated in Cincinnati. He didn't think he was being used the right way. His playing time was going down. Even though he was still productive, our guy Reach says, uh, arguably the most important defensive addition this offseason. Tend to agree. So he goes to Seattle, continues to perform over there on the on the sack front. He's a guy who has 96 career sacks. He had eight and a half with Seattle last year, and that was on 38% of the snaps. So listen, like he's no spring chicken. All right. He's uh, you know, he's he's in his 30s, wrong side of 30. So teams are starting to use him a little bit differently. And last year as a situational pass rusher in Seattle, but I'll have a lot more about how he was used in Seattle in just a moment. So he had 21 pressures last year as well. And that was one fewer pressures than Melvin Ingram had. So one way to look at this signing is it's a replacement for Melvin Ingram that the Chiefs had and, and, and helped, and he made an impact for the Chiefs last year. And we saw the difference. You know, The season starts, Chris Jones at defensive end, terrible failed experiment. Chris Jones isn't playing well. The Chiefs aren't getting sacks. They bring in Ingram. They move Chris Jones back to his natural position. And you saw what happened to the defense. Was it a world beater defense after that? No. When they went up against really explosive offensive teams, they struggled. But and they still struggled to get to, to get to the quarterback. But, uh, you know, Ingram single-handedly helped them win a game. I mean, this is a good signing, but they didn't have him the whole year. So <clears throat> if you look at Dunlap as an Ingram replacement, well, he slides in quite nicely to be the, um, to be the Ingram replacement. But to, to expand that success that Ingram brought to the Chiefs throughout the course of the rest of the season. On top of that, now you're adding George Karloftis into the mix. We, do we know what we're going to get out of the rookie? No. Is it crazy to sit here and think that he's going to come in and get 13 sacks or something like that as a rookie? Absolutely. It's crazy. And the Chiefs know that. And that's why they went in and they brought Carlos Dunlap. Now, again, he had 21 pressures last year, one fewer than Melvin Ingram. Chris Jones had 34 pressures last year. Frank Clark had 29. So, you know, those guys, those guys played a lot more snaps than, uh, than Carlos Dunlap played last season. I, you know, I think if his form holds, he should be good. I mean, if you look at his sack count for his career, he did have one year where he got like 13 sacks, but it's like seven, eight, eight and a half, six, seven, eight and a half. You know, he's been very consistent, even into the latter part of his career. That's good news for Chiefs fans. Could he fall off the cliff this year? Absolutely. But I think if the Chiefs use him smartly as a rotational piece with guys like Mike Dana, with George Karloftis, as he as he starts getting his feet wet with Frank Clark, now you're looking at a pretty, I don't know that I would go so far as to say formidable yet, but you're looking at a pretty respectable pass rushing situation. So Matt Connor, the lead editor over at Arrowhead Attic, co-host of this podcast, he talked to the fan-sided site expert over at 12th Man Rising. That's our Seattle Seahawks site, Lee Val. Lee's a great dude. He's been with fan-sided for a while. He's, he, he works on the, the podcast over there as well for the Seahawks. And, and Matt wisely asked Lee what he had to say about how Dunlap performed last season for the Seahawks. So let's dive into what Lee said. Again, lifted straight from arrowheadaddict.com. And if you haven't heard this yet, you should be sitting here and being like, man, Patrick, I already read that article. So make sure you're checking out arrowheadaddict.com, not just the podcast, but check the website daily for news updates. There's a lot of great writers over there. They kick in a lot of great analysis on a daily basis, multiple posts a day. So make sure you check them out as well. All right, let's see what Lee had to say. So uh, one question that Matt asked Lee was, how would you describe Dunlap's play for Seattle last season? 
Here's what Lee had to say. Dunlap's play for the Seahawks was ridiculously inconsistent, but I don't completely blame him. Seattle's defensive coordinator was the since-fired Ken Norton Jr., who had the bright idea of dropping defensive linemen into coverage more last year than previous seasons. The issue with Dunlap is he's basically a pure end, and Norton was playing him more as a linebacker. Well, we know the Chiefs have linebackers, and they don't need to do that. Dunlap had five games due to his ineffectiveness, of what Norton was trying to do, where he didn't eclipse 30% of defensive snaps for the game. Finally, by the end of the season, Dunlap was playing more in his natural spot and had eight sacks in his last six games. So, you know, there you go. That tells you a little bit right there. The guy was misused for half the season. This is an un unlike what was going on with Chris Jones last year, like playing out of position, defensive coordinator, not putting him in the best position. Now, with all due respect to Steve Spagnuolo, I understand why they wanted to move Jones to defensive end last year. They didn't have a lot of great options. They were trying something, trying to get more pressure. Uh, it just didn't work out. And then they had to make an adjustment during the season. They won't try that again. Clint McKenzie says, Bob Sutton like dropping Houston into coverage too. Always a fantastic idea. <laughs> I mean, I know that sometimes, you know, doing some, there's a reason why these defensive coordinators do that, right? Every once in a while, I mean, they get lucky. They totally confuse the quarterback. A ball gets tipped, a pick, those types of things. A, a lot of getting sacks in the NFL is, is yeah, you got to have guys go out there and make plays, but you, you got coverage sacks. Can you confuse the quarterback long enough to give your guys an extra second or two to get home? But, I mean, God, when you see Justin Houston one-on-one -on -one with a wide receiver, uh, you, you just, you know, you kind of want to drink a bottle of bleach. <laughs> um so what's somebody saying in the in the chat? Um, Fitznuts says, I love the Dunlap signing. Yeah, let us know in the chat what you guys think of the, 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 the signing. Chad says, where have I seen that before? Bob Sutton shaking my head. Yeah, <clears throat> it's the Bob Sutton signature. So, and if you listen to what Lee says here, if you kind of read between the lines a little bit of what he was saying, I thought that was interesting. Um, it sounded like Lee wanted him to be on, on the field a lot more than he actually was. And then once he got back into his position, he was starting to make much more of an impact for the team. Um, the next question that Matt asked Lee was, any pass rusher hitting his mid-30s is going to face questions about how much he has left in the tank. What would your best guess here for potential production be in 2022? Fair question by Matt. I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about it, right? The dude's in his 30s. Uh, are we counting on him to help? And then he's going to fall off a cliff. But beggars can't be choosers in this situation. So let's see how it works out. And here's what Lee had to say. I think Dunlap can get eight sacks. He proved late last year he can still be productive. Plus the, most, plus, the most underrated part of Dunlap's game is his intelligence. When he can't get to the quarterback, he knows it. And he's uh, most, uh, yeah, the most underrated part of Dunlap's game is his intelligence. When he can't get to the quarterback, he knows it. And he's incredibly adept at batting passes down at the line of scrimmage. Dunlap should be a good fit for KC. He's a strong part of the rotation. That's another underrated part of Dunlap's game is he's long. 6'6". Six, six. If you go back and you look at his career, the dude bats down passes all the time. He has multiple batted passes, um, defended passes each year. That is, you know, it's not a sack, but when a defensive lineman does that, man, I mean, it's just great. You get no yards. You're totally wasting a down. It's a gain of nothing. And, you know, we know Chris Jones is really smart like that as well. Chris Jones gets double teamed all the time. That was another thing that the Chiefs weren't benefiting from last year is – Chris Jones being in the middle of the field and batting down balls occasionally and killing drives. Well, now you're going to add Dunlap to that situation on defensive end. And the Chiefs defensive ends have not batted down. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I was reading this earlier while I was prepping for the podcast. They have not batted down a lot of passes in recent years. 
So if he comes in and he gets seven or eight sacks and bats down five balls throughout the course of the season and maybe does, you know, something in the playoffs, I mean, I would consider this a wildly successful signing for the Chiefs. Let us know again in the chat. What do you guys think? What do you think of the Dunlap signing? Clint says eight sacks would transform this team. Uh, Adam says him and Jones are both great at that, batting down the ball. Yeah. Um, Dan O'Dell says, oh, and Frick, Frank Clark. Yeah, look, look, Frank Clark, super controversial. I'm just going to say this about Frank. I've said it before on this podcast. The Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl without Frank Clark. He showed up in the in those playoffs does that mean he lived up to his contract number? No, but I will say this too for him. Training camp is underway, of course, as you all know. And the last two days, he has stayed after practice to talk to George Karloftis. You know, they don't pay him any extra to, to mentor the young guys, but he's taken the time to do it. It's something. George Karloftis needs mentors. He needs to learn. Like the Chiefs need George Karloftis to come along as quickly as possible. So if Frank Clark's taking him under his wing a little bit and showing him some moves, all the better, man. I think this addition takes what I think was already, like the Chiefs finished 28th in, in sacks last year. I had thought that this was already an improved pass rush because of the addition of George Karloftis, who I think is going to get a handful of sacks this year. If Karloftis picks up the game quickly, and the, the great thing about this is too, you know, he's got Karloftis has to play a 17-game season for the first time. He's got a lot to learn. So early on, maybe you don't get as much production from him, right? You got to let him grow and blossom throughout the course of the year. And if he comes up, like if he, if he develops like Nick Bolton developed last year, we're all going to be doing cartwheels by the end of the season about George Karloftis. But like, let's say early on, you know, he's, he's still picking things up. He's still figuring it out. Well, now you've got Carlos Dunlap to step in there to pick up some of that production. So like, if like, let's say George Karloftis gets, like, let's say he's really good and he gets eight sacks, right? This season. And, 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 and we get eight sacks from Carlos Dunlap. 16 sacks from, you know, from, from those two would be tremendous for the Chiefs. Whereas if you just have one of them, you may only get half of that. So I'm really excited because I think this is going to help. The Chiefs have some young players on defense. It's going to take some time for the defense to gel. New players, young players, but... The additions of some of the veterans, Justin Reed signing, you've got now Carlos Dunlap. That'll help ease that pain a little bit and hopefully accelerate the defensive learning curve so that we don't have like a first four games of the season where the defense is really terrible and they can't stop a nosebleed and the Chiefs lose a game or two that they shouldn't. Hopefully this year, they're much more stout, more stout than they were last year in their winning games, they should be winning. And then by the end of the year, if they have the kind of growth that uh, we saw in that defense last year, maybe they're a top half of the league defense. And if we're seeing Willie Gay Jr. take the next step, if we're seeing Nick Bolton take the next step, if Legereus Sneed's out there doing his thing, Rashard Fenton, like this is, this is an exciting group. They're not a flashy group right now on paper. You're not looking at this defense and being like, oh yeah, it's going to be a top 10 defense. But they have pieces here that are really, really exciting. Thomas Jerry says, Frank uh, is, has got to be one of the nicest guys. Yeah, we overpaid him, but glad we restructured his contract so he can continue to be a chief. Remember, Frank started the season injured last season. Yeah, I mean, there's all th- all kinds of things that go into this stuff, right? But, you know, he he's coming back and the Chiefs didn't have a lot of options. So they drafted somebody, they brought him back, they went out and they got Dunlap. BL says, who starts Dunlap or Carl Loftus? I don't know, man. You know, it, it, they're going to rotate, I think, over there so much, it doesn't really matter. So if I had to take a, a guess, I would say that Dunlap starts. 
Now, that doesn't mean he's going to go out there and he's going to play 60 snaps, but he's the veteran. You just brought him in. You're getting, you want leadership and production. You want him to be motivated, right? I mean, why did, why, did, why did Carlos Dunlap come to Kansas City? Other people were interested in him. Now, it sounds like they offered him a nice contract. It's probably incentive-laden, right? So it might be like $2 million, but he could earn up to $8 million. We don't know the details yet. Why do you come to Kansas City? A little bit of money, cash in again, right? You're getting to the end of your career. But I'm sure the guy would like to win a ring. He played with the Bengals his whole career. And then he went to Seattle and they were on the downside. This is a chance for him to come in. He doesn't have to play every snap. He's going to rotate in. And I'm sure that they're like, dude, you got one job. Sack the quarterback cause pressures, bat down balls. That's what we want you to do and help teach this young guy, George Karloftis, to, to, to take his raw talent and hopefully become a Pro Bowl player. So I think that's really exciting for him. So if I'm Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid, he's my starter. He's going out there. He's playing you know, early on in games. And then I'm rotating in George Karloftis, getting him those reps. I'm rotating in Mike Dana. And this is good for Carlos Dunlap because this is a guy who he's, he's getting a little bit older, right? You know, he's probably getting winded. I'm sure he's in great shape. He's definitely in better shape than I am, but he's going to get winded a little bit easier. He's going to get tired a little bit easier. Uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to, 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 to put your veteran out there first and then rotate guys in as needed. And if you got a hot hand rushing the passer, that's the other thing that's exciting about having multiple guys who can do it. If, if Carl Loftus and his bull rush are working better than what Dunlap's doing, then maybe you let Carl Loftus play a few more snaps one game and you ride the hot hand like coaches sometimes do with running back. Uh, Fitznuts says, we will miss Ingram, but the addition of Dunlap, I say, hell yeah. Uh, agreed, man. Clint McKenzie, defensive end by committee, I would guess. Uh, Chad says, this defense is so improved over last year with athleticism and speed. Just let them play. That's the other thing, man. I am so jacked up to see this defense because they're going to be faster, more athletic, and I think they're going to be a hell of a lot meaner than they were last year. All right. Uh, Justin Reed can lay down some hits. They draft Leo Chanel, who just wants to murder people um, figuratively. Um, you know, and Willie Gay Jr. and his athleticism, he's going to get more playing time probably than he ever has. Sideline to sideline speed, great instincts, incredible athleticism. I've got a prediction for him that I've said on this podcast before that we're going to hit later. So that's the other really exciting thing about this team is that the defense has been transformed. And look, they need this athleticism, bringing in Trent McDuffie. Like, they're good. They're going up against every – it's like track meet out there now, right? The, the Raiders have Devontae Adams. They're, you, you got the Chargers. Now you got Russell Wilson. They've got some really talented receivers last year. I think Jerry Judy he hasn't put up big numbers yet, but was really great with separation last year. He just had terrible quarterback play. Then you got the other teams in the division. You're going to have Lamar Jackson running around out there. You, you might run into him in the playoffs. You've got to worry about the Buffalo Bills. So there's a, everybody's been trying to keep up with the Chiefs. They've been loading up for a few years now to keep up with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs have smartly, quietly been adding more athleticism to their defense to help counteract that. Um, all right, let's uh, move on. But first, I just want to say, if you like this podcast, and there's a ton of you, it's one of the biggest audiences that we've had in a while. I'm so glad a football is back, y'all. If you like this podcast, if this is your first time watching, consider becoming a member. First of all, hit, you know, uh, what are the people on TikTok say? Smash that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss our shows. We go all season long. Right now, we're Tuesdays and Thursdays. Once the preseason games start, we're going to be doing live uh, after shows after the preseason games during the season for big primetime games. We do a, a pre-show, you know, pre-game show. We hop on at halftime. We do an after show. You still get your regular shows during the week, setting the table for you. Um, but if you like this, if you like this podcast and, and you want to hear me or Matt Connor or Sterling Holmes or Matt Verderham, he is back from vacation. 
consider becoming a member. Uh, our Arrowhead Attic members get special access to us in a private Discord. There's a, they get emojis and loyalty badges here in the chat. Um, we talk on the Discord all the time. We're talking Chiefs football. We're talking beer, movies, TV shows, things we're watching. It's a great community. It continues to grow. We have the absolute best listeners and supporters out there. And then private invites to uh, things with the host. So like we did trivia recently. We have happy hours. We're going to do something in Kansas City pretty soon. I'm excited about that. Well, more details to come. Uh, we appreciate your support. If you're interested, check out the link in the description. Not required. There's still plenty of great uh, content out there. We're not like walling off a bunch of content. But if you want to just engage with your Chiefs fandom a little bit more, um, and actually um, uh, I, can, I can make an announcement right now for our uh, members out there. We're doing an Arrowhead Attic Fantasy Football League this year. So I'm really fired up about that. Details to come in the Discord. Uh, if you're interested, hop into the uh, Everything channel and let us know. I'll see you guys there probably sometime after the show. All right, <clears throat> next up. We're going to do a little game here. Uh, so this is audience participation, and it's uh, we're going to make some predictions, some bold predictions for the season. So I've I've jotted down a bunch of bold predictions, and we're going to play true or false. Okay, so our, our producer Richard is going to be hitting you up with a poll for each of these questions in the YouTube, true or false. So weigh in, and you can you know you can leave a comment and to and expand on these. I'm going to get to some of my bold predictions. We'll get to some of yours and some that we got on Twitter earlier today. So this one I said on the podcast a bunch of different times. You guys are probably sick of hearing it. I'm standing behind it. Willie Gay Jr. will have four interceptions this season. Four interceptions. I'm in the, I'm on the YouTube right now. I'm voting in the poll. Uh, Richard put yes or no. It was supposed to be true or false, Richard, but that's okay. Yes or no works too. We're playing yes or no. Everybody's Everybody seems on it. Uh, look like 83%. Yeah, 83% of you so far. It's coming down a little bit, 73. Look, it's a tall order. Four interceptions is a lot for, for a guy like Willie Gibb, but man, I just think, especially now that they've added Carlos Dunlap, you're going to have hands all over the place. Balls are going to be getting batted down. Balls are going to be getting tipped up in the air. Willie Gay is all over that. Um, he's already got great instincts. So I think one or two times he's going to sneak behind the line. He's going to jump up. He's going to pull down a couple uh, of interceptions. He dropped a couple last year. You guys are something he's got told me. Thomas says false. Tone B says no way. Um, Jimmy says yes. Right now it's at 63%. It is coming down 60 40. See, the homers are quick on the trigger. You homers like me, you optimists. Quick on the on the trigger. Thomas Jurita says lots of lots of pass deflects. My boss, Arrowhead Addict, uh, co-founder Zach Best is in the chat. He says you're crazy. I'm telling you, man. Write it down. Put a bet on it. If there's a, if there's a bet out there to be had. Uh, Tone B says I say two, but four, no. Man, I think two. I think you can pencil in two. I guarantee you, he has two interceptions this season. Fitznut says five interceptions. My man, I love it. I love it. Uh, last couple minutes to get your votes in. Fifty seven percent still say yes. Trend says I hope so, but yeah, fifty seven percent. We're gonna we're gonna call it fifty seven percent. Say true, say yes for four interceptions for Willie Gay. All right, next up, the Chiefs will blitz more than any team in the league. True or false, yes or no, the Chiefs will blitz more than any team in the league this season. Now, we already know that Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz, but I think this year they're going to go crazy because they're going to be, one, they're trying to manufacture some extra pass rush, right, to take advantage of these guys. But two, 
I think it's time to take advantage of the athleticism of some of the other guys. Do you remember a couple of years ago when, when Legereus Sneed joined the team, they were blitzing him a lot and they liked his athlete. He's a great tackler. He's probably one of the best tacklers in the secondary. Um, so now you've got Leo Chanel. They're going to be bringing him into blitz, I think. I think you blitz Willie Gay Jr. occasionally to mix things up. Uh, and, and you can still blitz your corners with Legereus Sneed. So that is why I think Steve Spagnolo. He has a front now that he's looking at, and he's like, oh, man, I can move these pieces around. I can really mess with quarterbacks' heads, and I can play a lot of weird zone coverages and disguise coverages in the back end to try to manu- manufacture more sacks for this team. And uh, let's just blitz. Let's blitz like crazy. Because um, last year, they, they played a conservative a lot, and you know, it's, guys like Josh Allen just sat back there and, and, and carved them up. Um, and so I think they need to create pressure. I think fusion with some of these quarterbacks. Tranview says we should blitz from the linebacker level. Best way to manufacture. Yeah, agreed. Chad says they might blitz a lot, but most in the league? Question mark. Yeah, I mean it's bold prediction season, right? It's training camp. I think I think they're, I think they're going to go all in. I'm voting true. Nobody believes me. Well, a few of you do. We're at 48 percent. 52% say false. The Chiefs will not blitz the most in the league. I mean, I guess that's a pretty tall order, right, for me to pull that one out. But Clint says if the secondary gains their trust, it could happen. Yeah, I mean, that and that can maybe help out with some of the secondary guys. So we will see. I think there'll be a lot of blitzing. Will they be first in the league? I guess I said that they will be. But uh, I think they'll be right up there, maybe in the top five for sure. All right, next up. Number three, bold prediction from me, George Karloftis will have six sacks. Six sacks or more, I guess, but I'm going with six. Let us know in the YouTube poll, how's our guy George Karloftis going to do this year? Is he going to be a four-sack rookie, five-sack rookie? Can he get the six-pack for us? Oh, we're now we're looking strong. The homers are out in full force, 88% true to start us off. Yeah, uh, Vince says on the blitzing, Spags will bring it off the corner, but these camp videos have me ready to run through a wall. I love it. Clint says, why do you hate George Karloftis so much, Loke? Um, yeah, what's going on? What's going on in the chat? Jimmy says, I'm thinking seven sacks for George. Chad says, more than six. Thomas says, easy with all the other studs we got. Yeah, man, like I, my my prediction for George is that like late season, he he really starts to come on. He really starts to get going. He starts to figure it out. And so like maybe, you know, the first eight games or something, he ends up with two or three sacks. Um, but then he starts to, he really starts to, to pull out towards the end of the season as he, you know, picks up the pro game. So let's check in on the results from you guys. We've got 28 votes so far, 79% say he's going to get six sacks. So write it down. Maybe we'll have to revisit these. All right, let's move on to the next one. And since we're talking, uh, about the defensive line and defensive ends. Let's talk about our new guy, Carlos Dunlap. I'm not going to ask you for a sacks prediction. I'm going to ask you how many passes he's going to bat down this year. I've got him at six. Six passes for George Karloffis. True or false, he's going to bat down six passes. If you look at his, again, if you look at his stats over the course of his career, seems like a layup here for six balls. Um, uh, Vince Clark says he likes uh, eight sacks for George Karloffis. Chase says, sadly, George was my least favorite top tier defensive end in the draft. I hope he proves me wrong. I'm with you, man. I hope you look, there's a reason why he went where he went, but there's also a reason why he went where he went. So if the Chiefs can pull out that potential in him, uh, who knows what can happen? Mike says six to nine for the bat of balls. Yeah. Jimmy says he's a, he's a ball batting beast. Um, Chad says at least six. Let's check the results from the vote. I got a vote here. Um, 
six passes. True. 84% of you say George Karloftis is, is going to get uh, at least, I'm sorry, that Carlos Dunlap is going to get at least six passes batted down. I think this is a layup. I think it's going to be easy for him. I'm super fired up for all the batted passes, the tip passes that he's going to send back to my guy, Willie Gay Jr. to prove me right on the four interceptions prediction. All right. Next up here, keep getting your votes in. Um, Juju. Let's talk about the offense a little bit here. Juju Smith-Schuster will lead all receivers in receiving yards. So that doesn't mean Travis Kelsey. So true or false, Juju Smith-Schuster will lead all receivers in receiving yards. A lot of people said during the offseason activities that were there observing that Mahomes had, a, he was throwing the ball a lot to MVS, to Mar- Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But now in training camp, we're just a couple days in, it's been Juju, a lot to Juju. I think that's what we're going to see from this offense is the ball is going to get spread around a lot. But I think they're getting Juju in that slot. I think they're going to be using MVS and McCole Hardman to stretch the field. Juju's going to be running a lot of crossing routes and slants. I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Uh, Kyle Cromwell says Juju equals Edelman. That'd be all right. Let's see your votes on on this. Will Juju lead all receivers in receiving yards? I say he will. So it's 74% of you right now say Juju's the guy. It's not going to be MVS. It's not going to be McCole Harbin. It's not going to be Sky Moore. I think those guys are all, you know, 500 yards a piece, 600, 700 yards, somewhere in that range. Like that would be okay. But I think Juju is going to be the guy more often than not that Mahomes is going to be looking to. And I think they're going to be throwing into the running back a lot more this year. I think the Andy Reid running back screen game stuff is going to come back. Jimmy says, yes, it will be close between him. That means Juju and MVS. I think they both have 700 plus yards. Yeah, look. Who do I think is going to lead the team in receiving? I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Um, No question. But he may struggle a little bit early because teams are going to be like, all right, they're looking at them. We don't know how these guys fit into this offense. They're going to probably play a lot more man defense, and they're going to try to take Kelsey away. Mahomes targets Kelsey over 100 times every year. He's his guy. So um, watch out for early season. I'm fading Travis Kelsey uh, as the offense gets rolling. And then it's just going to be a problem because if all of these guys perform, if MVS, Juju, McCall Hartman, and Sky Moore are all performing well and getting separation and, you know, being targets for Patrick Mahomes, they're going to have to back off Travis Kelsey. Maybe they'll, you know, you know, they'll be in a pick their poison situation. So you can have games where Juju blows up, where MVS goes over the top. Um, it's going to be exciting to see, how this offense looks this year. It's going to be a lot different. Let's check the results from the poll. 76% of you say true. I'm right. Juju's going to lead the team in receiving, the, the receivers in receiving. Let's, uh, I hope so, man. I mean, he's he's had the most successful season of any receiver on the roster in his career with Pittsburgh. Uh, and then he was playing with Ben Roethlisberger's corpse. So I'm, I'm looking for more out of Juju. I'm, I'm going to be drafting him in fantasy football, I think. Um, all right, and the last one here. The following receivers will make the roster. So this is true or false. The following receivers will make the roster. I'm going with six. MVS, Juju, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, no brainers. Who gets those last two slots? Josh Gordon and Justin Watson from Tampa Bay. So I'll read those again. We'll get You can vote in the poll. True or false. The following receivers will make the roster. MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, Josh Gordon, Justin Watson. I'm on the fence about Josh Gordon myself, but... I'm I'm trying to guess what I think the Chiefs are going to do, and I think that they're going. I think they like his size. I think they like his athleticism, and I think they're going to bring him back. I think they want veterans around with uh, with this group. Um, Chad says no, Gordon. This one is much more much more divisive on the voting. Sixty two percent say true right now. Thirty eight percent say false. Tone says no, Fountain. 
No Cornell Powell. Yeah, man. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, can those guys get stashed on the practice squad? Josh Gordon, maybe they keep him on. But it's, you know what? I really think it's up for grabs. I honestly do. I know there's Peter Schrager had a report that he thought Watson was going to make the team and actually be like a contributor. A lot of people in the Chiefs community and the fan community think think it's going to be Josh Gordon who makes it and that Cornell Powell. But we've heard reports that Cornell Powell has been flashing. Darius Fountain. I love this guy that they've kept around. They kept him around for a reason. I don't think the Chiefs are going into this camp with any preconceived notions about those last two slots. I think they tried to bring in as much competition as they could, some size. I think size is important to them. And I think they're going to let these guys slug it out. And I'm fine with that. Who shows up? I hope it's, I hope Cornell Powell, like I hope one of the young guys, Doris Fountain, like I hope those are like, with all due respect to Josh Gordon, it's, it's great that he's back in the league and, and all that stuff. But he hasn't done anything for a long time. He didn't do anything for the chiefs last year, except drop some passes. So, you know, I'm looking for some of these young guys. I want to see some of the young guns get in there and start lighting it up and start building chemistry with Patrick Mahomes instead of chasing these guys. Like, you know, should they have brought in a Julio Jones if they wanted a veteran? Maybe. I don't know. His, he's going to get in there and then two, you know, two weeks into the season, he's going to pull his hamstring and you're not going to see him for eight weeks because that's what happens every year. Uh, our guy reached, as I expect, Watson or either Powell or Fountain. Yeah, it might be between those three. And, and again, this is a scenario where we're saying that they're going to keep six wide receivers. What if they only keep five? Now it's getting even more, uh, you know, there's more competition. Um, and you guys were pretty split on this. 56% say I'm right here, 44% say false. So let's get into some of you out there, some of you that follow me on Twitter and follow Airhead Addict on Twitter. I asked the group for some predictions. I said, what's your opinion on the Carlos Dunlap signing and what's your bold prediction for the year? So let's get into some of these. First one, very excited uh, to hear from this guy. He's the other Arrowhead Addict co-founder and fan-sided co-founder, Adam Best, uh, who hasn't been seen around these parts for, for a while, but I'm trying to get him on the damn show to meet all you guys. If you don't remember him burning Larry Johnson's jersey in a, a doing a Scarface impression years ago on Arrowhead Addict, hilarious video. It has since been lost to the sands of time. Adam says uh, Dunlap, he, he waited on, on Carlos Dunlap. He says Dunlap is a Spags prototype, 6'6", 285 with long arms, a much better scheme fit than Ingram, who's smaller. This is likely why the Chiefs felt comfortable paying Dunlap considerably more than they would have paid Ingram. Great comment from Adam. I think he's right on. I tend to agree. Next up, this was from Chatting Chiefs, at Chatting Chiefs. Uh, He said his bold prediction was that the Chiefs will win their first AFC championship game on the road. What do you guys think of that? Is that going to happen this year? The Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl and they win the AFC championship game, but for the first time in, in, in Patrick Mahomes' career on the road. Boy, that would be fascinating. Maybe they're going to Buffalo. You would think it's Buffalo, right, that, that they're going to, especially if you think they're going to win the division. Um, they're not going to L.A. Um, I like it. I'm down with it. I mean, I'd rather it be at Arrowhead. I want to see him raise the Lamar Hunt trophy in front of Clark Hunt on, you know, on the Arrowhead in the middle of Arrowhead Stadium with the fans going crazy. Our guy Reach says in Buffalo would be sweet. I mean, it'd be kind of fun, like from a rivalry perspective, you know, because we keep beating Buffalo when it counts. So it would be kind of fun that, um, you know, we go into Buffalo and they're like, this is it. We're hosting the AFC championship game. This is the coronation. And then the Chiefs go in there and they rip their hearts out again. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan. I would take a little bit of I would take a little bit of pleasure in that. 
All right, next up is uh, our guy, Sean Mansfield. He's an at Sean Mansfield 15. His bold prediction is um, Ronald Jones, who I'm not sure will make the team. Double-digit rushing touchdowns as the primary goal line back. All right. Hey, listen, that's the one thing about Rojo, right? Not a great blocker, not great catching the ball in the backfield. Good, maybe the best straight-ahead runner on the team, if that's what the Chiefs are looking for when all of this shakes out with the running back battle in camp. I could see this happening, you know? I could. See, although, I'll tell you what, man. If they're, if the Chiefs are if, – if, if, if Andy Reid's remembering that run that – Clyde Edwards-Alaire had on the goal line against Pittsburgh. That was a grown-ass man run right there. One of my favorite Chiefs plays of all time. I'm not saying that means he should be on the goal line, getting the goal line work all the time, but I, I think this prediction is interesting. Let us know in the chat what you think about that one. And we had, uh, we had one more from uh, at Chatting Chiefs. He said, CDA, that's Carlos Dunlap, CDA is everything the Chiefs need for this upcoming year. His presence helps free up 55 and 95. I also don't think Veach is done at this position. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, if you're, I don't know if you're in the chat at Chasing Chiefs, uh, let us know who you think. Who do you think right, Veach is going to go after next? That'd be fascinating if the Chiefs made another move. I'd be shocked if they made another move for a pass rusher, but let's see how it plays out. Veterans get cut. You know, this is, we're getting into the time of year when they start, you know, cutting cap and young guys start making their name in camp and veterans get cut. Um, all right. Next up is Austin Hall at Austin Hall 93. My bold prediction this season is that Ronald Jones will pass Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, Hilaire in all purpose yards and touchdowns. So another, so let us know in the chat because now we've got a theme here. I'm really excited to know what you guys think about this. Is this Ronald Jones? He's going to come in and he's going to be your first. Maybe he's not in there on third downs a lot, but he's going to be your first or second down back. He's going to surpass former first round pick Clyde Edwards Alaire, and he's going to lead the team in rushing and in touchdowns. I think we're looking at a committee personally. I'm bullish on Clyde Edwards Alaire this year for, for, for a number of reasons, but I do think we're going to look at We're going to see a committee. I think that's the way the chiefs are going to approach it and they may ride the hot hand. Um, let's see what you guys think. Tone says Ronald Jones will not make the team. Kyle Cromwell says no Gore. Yeah, Derek Gore. What about Derek Gore? I'm a big Derek Gore guy. He showed some big playability a couple times last year. Super small sample size, but he averaged like five yards a carry. I'm just saying. Um, the Chiefs have not been hitting big plays in the run game in recent times. So that was exciting to see. He's been kept around. I'd kind of like to see him make the team. Again, I'm on the like, I'm not, I love Jarek McKinnon. I love Jarek McKinnon. I love the way he played. I'd like for him to make the team over Ronald Jones because I'm kind of in this thing where like, I want to see the young guys get going. We know what Jarek McKinnon is. We know what Ronald Jones is. So, all right, you're the, you guys are the experts, Andy Reid, Brett Veach. Keep, keep the guy, the veteran that makes the most sense, whether it's Ronald Jones or Jarek McKinnon, and then get Derek Gore going. See what he's got, you know? That's last chance for CEH to see if he's good. What, what's he going to be? You know, I'm, I'd like to see these young guys get the run. Um, but also, of course, at the end of the day, I want to see him win. Adam says, first year for CEH to be somewhat healthy and full offseason. I think CEH is much better this year. That's that's what I'm thinking. Vince Clark says Pacheco gets uh, gets a later in the season opportunity and, ro and rocks out. Yeah, that's right. Isaiah Pacheco taken in the seventh round. We're not even talking about him. We're talking about Derek Gore. Um, Kyle Cromwell says, uh, Gore reminds me of a smaller version of Chubb. He runs mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw out of Gore a lot. Um, uh, Reach says, uh, Juju will be Pat's security blanket among the receivers and earn himself a big contract in 2023. That is Reach's, uh, our guy Stacy, his prediction. All right, let's move on. Let's do some more of these. Next one is from at unknown, uh, unknown author, at unknown 80, uh, 883 on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, Chiefs are six and one after week seven. Dunlap isn't the answer, but he's a start. Interesting. Everybody pretty much, I've, I've seen the Dunlap 
sign and get universal praise. He's definitely not the long-term answer. Maybe, maybe that's what unknown author is is saying. He's not the answer. He's not, this isn't a, you're, you're not getting the answer to your pass rushing problems by signing a free agent in late July when training camp has already started. There's a re like, we haven't talked about that, but there's a reason why Carlos Dunlap wasn't on a team, right? I mean, you know, there's teams weren't going out of their way to sign him. That doesn't mean he still can't make an impact, but they know how old he is. They know what his deficiencies might be. And so the Chiefs are in a position where, all right, we've got to make a move. Let's do it now. Um, but the Chiefs didn't even run out and sign him, which they could have. There's leverage, you know, they're negotiating contracts, so that's taken into account as well. Um, but do you think the Chiefs are six and one after week seven? I got to tell you, man, I've been looking at the schedule. It is brutal. Just an absolutely brutal. They're playing so many damn good teams with, with the way that the AFC West is loaded up. But they're the Chiefs. All those teams have to play Kansas City. Um, what is it in, um, oh God, the, the Watchmen, the Watchmen movie, Jackie Earl Haley. You're he, When he's in the prison, you're not in here with me. Uh, I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. Great scene, by the way. I don't know, I'm not a big comic guy. I didn't read the Watchmen comics, but are any of you guys comic comic guys and gals out there? Are you, are you Watchmen comic people? Did you like that movie? I didn't know anything about it when I went and saw it in the theater. And my wife and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. I, I watch it every once in a while. It's a long ass movie. Great soundtrack. I think it's really good. That was my introduction to, to Jackie Earl Haley. Fantastic performance uh, as Rorschach. Um, all right. <clears throat> yeah, let me know in the chat. All right, next up, this one comes from our guy, uh, Dr. Porkchop, uh, at Dr. underscore Porkchop7. Bold prediction. Joey Fortson has the third most touchdowns among tight ends in the AFC West. Jody Fortson with the third most touch. This is very specific. Um, third most touchdowns among tight ends in the AFC West. I think that's really interesting. I could see it, man. I mean, he's monster. He's huge. He's going to be a red zone piece. I think, though, it's going to be hard for him because you got Kelsey down there. You got the receivers. You got the running game. If he was the starter for the Chiefs, then yeah, I, I could see that happening. I think he'll. I think he'll nab like four touchdowns, maybe. I don't know where that would rank him. I don't know how the rest of the AFC West tight ends have been doing, but that's my, that's my my thoughts on that one. Um, balls worth Ballsbury says it's a hilarious name. Six and one will be tough for the Chiefs uh, since the Chargers have already won the summer. Of course, the Chargers are the offseason champions yet again. Um, that's very exciting. Kyle Cromwell says Chiefs have to have started the season slow since the Super Bowl win. With the West looking like it is, I bet we're closer to five and two or four and three after seven. Uh, it's interesting, man. I don't know. Like th- they do start slow. They have been starting slow, but they've got a lot of new blood. I'm hoping that this is an energized Chiefs team. It's they're not trying to run it back anymore. They're not coming off a Super Bowl loss like they were last season. They're coming off, you know, a, a gut wrenching loss to Cincinnati. But a lot like some of these guys, they weren't here for that. They're hungry. They're on this good team. And so, you know, bringing in new players, I think, is helpful. Keeps people motivated. We're getting further and further away from that Super Bowl. There aren't as many laurels to rest on. Patrick Mahomes is in legacy building mode now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come out firing, man. I really wouldn't. It's probably unlikely with all the changes. But, you know, man, Andy Reid, he's such a mad scientist. I think he's going to have things dialed up. I don't think teams are going to know what to expect. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. All right, let's get through a few, a few more of these before we get out of here. Uh, our guy, Eric McConnell, Cheeto Freak, as you all know, one of, our, one of our, uh, our, our supporters and subscribers and all that. He says Mahomes will have four receiving targets. This is crazy. Mahomes will have four receiving targets with over 1,000 yards receiving this year. I like Dunlap. Uh, finally, someone for Frank Clark to learn behind. <laughs> Jesus. 
God, Frank Clark's getting body bagged out here. Um, what do you guys think of this one? Is is Mahomes going to have four 1,000-yard receivers on this team? That means probably what? Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, Cole Hardman, Sky Moore? I, I, I don't – if Sky Moore goes for 1,000 yards, we're winning the Super Bowl. Like, that's all there is to it. If Sky Moore goes for 1,000 yards, Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. That's what Matt Verderam would say if he was here. Um <laughs> the podcast says let's go cheeto adam collins says not a chance yeah it's a tall that is hey it's supposed to be a bold prediction that's about as bold as you can get for 1000 yard receivers i know i know kelsey's gonna get his i i think it's gonna be i i I wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked if kelsey's the only thousand yard receiver and you got like juju with 900 and mvs with 750 and McCall Hardman with 600 and Sky Moore with 400. I mean, you, you can still add up to a lot of receiving yards without everybody getting to a thousand. If that happens, that means the ball is getting spread out like crazy and that Mahomes is just, I mean, just spreading it out like nuts. I just don't think it's going to happen, but um, man, that would be, that would be cool to see. Um, but I wonder how many times in NFL history has that ever happened or how many times has that happened? This is where we miss Matt Verderam because the dude's a friggin' encyclopedia. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get to a couple couple more um colby davis at chiefs royals fan uh he says ronald jones is the leading rusher and it's not even close i actually really like ceh but i think rojo is better and two i love it i love the, the dunlap signing give us a fantastic ro- rotational piece to add to clark Karloff to sandana i think everybody would agree with that uh as far as the rojo thing we'll see man uh we'll see it's all over the board some of us thinks he might not make the team and some think he's gonna lead the team in rushing uh, Montana at Montana Chiefs fan says bold prediction is McCall Hardman goes for 1,100 yards and 10 tutties, 10 tutties for McCall Hardman. I would go for the. I, I would. I would say he'd get the yards before he get the 10 tutties. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be tough, man. Yeah. I if McCall Hardman gets to 1,000 yards, I will be doing backflips. I'll be so excited for him. He's been working hard. He's been doing his best. It hasn't panned out in the way some people would like, but he was behind a one of one receiver and Tyree Kill. So. If he makes the jump this year with that speed that he has, that's good news for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. That's it. I just want to let you guys know that uh, if you're interested in some Arrowhead Addict swag, that link is in the description as well. Get yourself an Arrowhead Addict hat. I don't have one. I usually have it around here. Get yourself an Arrowhead Addict hoodie. You know, when we go to Kansas City this year, we're going to show up at some point. You got to rep or order yourself some KC beer merch. I think they can ship this. They can't ship the beer, unfortunately, but they can ship the merch. I'm rocking it today. I've got my uh, my Koning Eisenbach here with the cool ass purple foil that I'm waiting to drink at the right moment to celebrate something. I gotta tell you, this is one. This has been a lot of fun. Going solo is not easy. You know, normally I can just sit up here and just tee up Verderam and let him talk for 20 minutes at a time. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. I, I like going solo with y'all. Um, and you guys are part of the show, which is a lot of fun. Um, Chad says, great show, Patrick. I appreciate you, sir. Yeah, this has been great. So schedule, of course. We're going to be back on Tuesday with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I will be back on Thursday. And we're going to have Jason Reed, who uh, has written the book, The Rise of the Black Quarterback. It's, uh, it's available maybe today, next week. It's like any day now it's coming out. He's going to be joining us. There's a a great section in this book about Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to be asking him about that, about his research for the book. It's really great. I'm like halfway through it right now. Going to finish up by next week. So make sure you tune in for that on Thursday. Vertoram will still be out. I will be here. Maybe I'll find some other special guests to join us. But you guys have been awesome. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out. Again, if you're interested in becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast, 
check out the link in the description. Join us for some happy hours. Join us for some giveaways that we do for members only. All those types of fun things. I got a mail hat to uh, uh, Australia or a hoodie or something. Um, got to figure out how the hell I'm going to do that. It's going to cost me some cash. All right. Uh, Vince Clark says, out of sight, my friend. All right, everybody. We got to get going. I got contractors coming to fix my broken house. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. Appreciate your support. I will see you next week. Keep your eyes on arrowheadaddict.com for all the news, views, and updates coming out of training camp. Light candles, say prayers, do walk old ladies across the street, do whatever you need to do to make good karma out there for Chiefs fans so that we don't have any injuries in camp for anybody, for any of our players, but especially our key players. Be good. Don't misbehave out there. We're going to get punished, all right? I'm nervous as hell. I hate this time of year, uh, but I'm glad that football is back. Thanks again for your support. Uh, We'll see you on Thursday. And as always, go Chiefs. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.